Focus on Life. Hello and welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas and thanks so much for joining me this evening. It's been a week of Wimbledon hopes and, yes, more worrying headlines. Here in America, there's been tension and fear about the Supreme Court's decision on abortion. In the city where I live, 1,500 people gathered representing both pro-life and pro-choice views for what turned out to be a peaceful demonstration, thankfully. But one Christian pregnancy crisis centre was firebombed in a nearby town. And then there was the tragic news of the deaths of 41 migrants in San Antonio, Texas. We hear the news that NATO are ramping up their readiness for further developments in the Ukraine situation, with Mr Putin continuing to use worrying threats. And there's been by-election conversation, arguments about the world's most expensive airport, Heathrow, and thankfully, to balance it all, the mostly genteel atmosphere of that lovely strawberries and cream event, Wimbledon. But as we continue to trudge through what, for most of us, have been the most challenging few years in our lives, let's come back tonight to a core truth, and that is that God is faithful, because that's the truth that changes everything. As followers of Jesus, we'll never be alone again. God is faithful and will never leave us. But how does that truth change our Mondays as well as our Sundays? God's faithfulness. And don't forget, you can email me at lucasonlife at premier.org.uk. Suggestions for themes for programs, feedback, just say hello. I'd love to hear from you. Right from the start, I knew that my decision to take scuba diving lessons was a massive mistake. This dawned on me as I poured myself into a rubber wetsuit that apparently had been created for a six-stone supermodel. I donned fluorescent yellow fins that were bright enough to be seen from Jupiter and attempted, so dressed, to amble nonchalantly to the swimming pool for the introductory session. One is supposed to look relatively relaxed and cool when one is walking by the side of a pool. Ever tried strolling casually while dressed like a fat, beached sea lion? I was grateful that no one threw me a fish, but embarrassed that my fins slapped the concrete pool surround with each step, forcing me to lift each foot high before placing it down. The fat seal meets the ministry of silly walks. Very uncool indeed. The diving instructor was waiting. He was a bronzed gladiator with jet black designer fins and muscles in places where I don't have places. His flyaway blonde hair was bleached the colour of summer straw by the sun. He looked like a Nordic god. In stark contrast, the top of my flaking head was broiled the colour of a dead lobster by the same sun. I'd never been to Norway and I felt like Quasimodo meeting Tom Cruise. It was time to manoeuvre the heavy oxygen tank onto my back. I fought and struggled for five minutes to get the wretched thing on. The instructor threw his tank up in the air, which landed perfectly on his freckled shoulders. Irritating. We completed the swimming pool thing, and then Thor decided we were ready for the ocean. Okay, I admit it. 
It was exhilarating. Shoals of fish sprinkled with rainbow colours weaved and darted around me in perfectly synchronised dance. A huge crouching octopus held a shadowy court in a cave 150 feet down. Great spaceship-like manta rays lined up to glide over us, dive-bombing us in slow motion and rubbing their bellies on our heads as they did. But then... The instructor told us something that I believe to be mildly heretical. He said it was a great privilege to be a diver to swim with sharks. Now, there were plenty of sharks in the area, and some of them can be highly dangerous killing machines. Would we like to swim with them, he asked. I pondered this offer for at least half a second. I decided to pray about it. Amen. No. In fact, I said no, I think, in five different languages and accompanied this with much shaking of the head. No, it was a ridiculous idea. I don't want to swim with sharks. It's a privilege to swim with predators, he said. Pah, I even looked up sharks in my mental concordance and I couldn't find a single verse to support the unbiblical notion that swimming with sharks would be a positive experience. But my then-teenage son, Richard, believed the waterproof ABBA singer. Sitting on the side of the boat, he scanned the surface of the waves, looking for sharks. At last, a menacing fin was circling the boat, prompting me to hum the theme music from Jaws. Look, Richard, there's a... Splash. Richard was already gone, over the side in the water, where the fin was. The instructor went with him. I shouted, prayed, begged, and wished that I'd taken up gliding or ferreting or needlework or something, not diving. A few minutes later, Richard and the diving instructor emerged dripping and triumphant. I performed a welcome sequence from the parable of the prodigal son and inquired as to whether Richard needed psychiatric assistance. Dad, don't be daft. Look, The instructor said it would be okay, and he was with me. I'm fine. Richard's philosophy was simple. The man said so. The man is with me. Therefore, I will swim with sharks. And it seems that Jesus offered us a similar logic when he responded to dozens of questions with just one answer. I am with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you, even till the end of the age. Sounds cliched, a throwaway line, I will be with you. Not a bit. This is not bravado or hollow rhetoric, but the assurance of one who has wrestled death into submission, has stared straight into the sulfuric eyes of Satan, and has declared himself as the one who stands astride death and hell itself. He is with us, and that knowledge takes us beyond Christian moralism or evangelical activism. It calls us back to a bravery that is not just based in believing the right things, but is centred around the fact that he has committed himself to journey with us. There will never be another moment of aloneness for us who've invited him to be the master and instructor of our lives. Ponder that and wonder, and let's look with new eyes when sharks seem to be circling us. He is with us.
Perilous places are usually posted with warning signs, a skull and crossbones for the toxic, and the ominous yellow and black triad that indicates radiation. The word danger shouts loud in capital letters, further amplified by the exclamation mark at the end, and Achtung prevents Germans from straying into something nasty. Australia is beautiful, but the whole country should carry a health warning. During 48 hours spent there, I encouraged some seriously dodgy critters. Crocodile Lucas, that's me. Scuba diving the Great Barrier Reef meant wearing a stinger suit to protect from a lethal caress, the tentacles of the box jellyfish. I found myself in the company of a giant snapper clam, three stingrays and a couple of reef sharks that looked eager to snack. I had something in common with the sharks. Both they and I were praying. My gurgled underwater intercessions were begging for protection. I think the sharks were getting truly thankful for what they were about to receive, me. Venturing on safari into the inhospitable, gloomy rainforest, I unwittingly gave blood, and without the reward of the usual cup of tea and biscuit, as some leeches attached themselves to my legs. Leeches suck, literally, and make Henry VIII look like Twiggy, growing to ten times their usual size after the leech equivalent of a decent curry. Again, me. And the world's most dangerous bird, the cassowary, was in the thick undergrowth. It looks emu cute, but like that velociraptor in Jurassic Park, they like to lunge at humans with razor-sharp claws, disemboweling them, which isn't nice. There were killer plants that sting like 12 bees if touched. And then I came just one step away from a deadly snake, the red belly black. I screamed so loud, other visitors in the forest probably thought that a cassowary had jabbed a victim in the intestines. Shocked, I hollered and screamed. But in the middle of all of these perils, all was well, or so I thought, because our trusty guide seemed supremely cool and confident. As long as he was with us, we were in safe hands. As we traversed a croc-infested swollen river in the Land Rover, water up over the wheel arches, I casually remarked that he must be used to these extreme jungle-like conditions. Alarmingly, he shook his head. Actually, no, Def. Sometimes I lay awake at night, unable to sleep, anxious about what could go wrong during one of these trips. I laughed out loud, a high-pitched squeal. These Aussies are so funny, I mused. Then I realised he wasn't joking. Suddenly, my sense of safety evaporated. In the land of no worries, my guide was very worried. So how anxious should I be? Blood drained from my face, and not just because the leeches were working overtime. As a newcomer in the jungle, you're only as strong as your guide. Unlike that muscle-bound diving instructor that I mentioned earlier, this guide was not confident at all. Life is a shadow land loaded with perils. Jesus posts the starkest warning sign. In this world, he says, you'll have trouble. But then he answers a thousand questions with that promise. I am with you always. He's seen it all. And he isn't worried. He's been tested with multiple temptations and passed with perfect scores. He's promised to be faithful with us 
always. This doesn't have to be a lonely planet. His being with us doesn't mean we'll be without pain. But when suffering looms, we won't have to square up to it alone. When the terrifying tentacles of death swirl around us, we're assured of this. The sting has been removed. He'll walk with us through our final breaths and escort us to a new kind of Jerusalem. Sometimes I sense his presence, a coincidence that faith realizes is answered prayer, a scintillating moment during worship. And then there are days, months even, when he seems far away. Is he there? And if he is, is he interested? Does he care? Whatever my emotions, I affirm this truth, which works better when I declare it in the company of others. Even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. His power works within me. The toughest days can become a classroom. New discoveries await. And speaking of discoveries, these recent adventures mean that I've uncovered another highly dangerous species while out on the dive boat. A muscly sun worshipper lathered himself with a coconut-scented chip fat concoction and was on the fast track to becoming a lobster. He looked very sticky. I sat down with him while eating a very crumbly blueberry muffin. The wind caught the crumbs. The gust made him become a coated, pebble-dashed person. Awkward. Well, reflecting back on diving expeditions on the Great Barrier Reef and wandering around the outback, I've realized this week that life can continue to be perilous. Living here in Colorado just this week, a bear wandered into our local supermarket, probably in search of sugar puffs. And then riding around in the wilds on a 4 by 4 I was chased by a rather irritated moose. He looked really angry when I cracked that old joke. So, why the long face? There are plenty of reasons to be nervous in life, and those moments when everything is just perfect, quite honestly, they can be rare. But here is the truth. When we declare, great is thy faithfulness, this is more than a song or a slogan to cheer us up. His promise is assured. With that promise, the early Christians marched even towards martyrdom, willing to bear torture, persecution, and even death because they were galvanized by the truth that God was with them and always would be. Whatever it is that you're walking through, may you know this week his presence is assured. Don't forget you can email me at lucasonlife at premier.org.uk. I look forward to seeing you next week. Lucas on Life.